Friday, which means that means no Tony Kirk. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I'm Chuck Zach along with Dodger Danny. Danny Williams in here today as we're going to run you home on Friday afternoon. Coming up at 5.30 on the big show, we'll have uh, Andrew Monaco. He is the uh, voice of the Aggies. If you hear a football game, you hear a basketball game, you hear a baseball game, you're hearing Andrew Monaco. He was in Omaha for the College World Series and uh, he's going to join us live on the uh, Sonic Hotline at 5.30 this afternoon as we get an update and, and kind of a recap on the experience of being in Omaha. It's uh, Every once in a while, we're lucky to get somebody that we know who's down there and kind of get a feel for just how crazy that environment is. And uh, we're lucky this year that Andrew, who is a good friend of the show, agreed to come on today and on his way back home. He stopped at his brother's, I think, in Dallas and uh, was heading back down to College Station. But beforehand, he's going to hop on the phone with us to talk up the College World Series. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, A&M hasn't been there in a little while. And just to hear their, you know, experience. And, you know, I listen to some of his calls and, you know, he gets really excited. Oh, my gosh. And so that's just one of the things I want to ask him is, you know, how which one was your favorite? Because, you know, it's hard to pick, but, you know, we get really excited winning those games, going up through the SEC tournament and into the tournament. So really cool to talk to him. Well, I'm sure he's going to say beating the Longhorns. Oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, put that one on the tee and let him smack it around. Yeah, you would course. think that would be the one. But but he's one of the few guys who doesn't have a color commentator partner when he's calling games. He'll slip off, and there'll be another guy that does a couple of innings in the middle, but he is solo where most of the other crews – decide they want to have two guys in the booth yeah well when you're that good i mean yeah he's that i good. mean he's that good he's that good. So. i'm not telling him that but he's that good <laughs> and baseball and baseball is one you can do it in you know in other sports it's it's really hard but baseball can do it you know I, I i always thought basketball was easiest to do it solo because it's so fast-paced it's right. hard to get the other guy in I, I really like having a second voice doing baseball games, simply somebody to bounce off what do you see going on, especially if you're a baseball guy. I've done games with Matt Riddle before, who's a baseball coach, and you know, asking him what do you see here, or what do you think's happening, or what would you do in this situation. I, I like that. Basketball so fast, you don't really have that chance. Right. Yep, I agree. 907-359-905. You've been bouncing around the countryside. Yep. We just got back from a World Series in Flor- uh, in Alabama. Uh, and in Alabama? You're a little yeah. old to play in a World uh, Series in Alabama. Not me. My son, you know, AU baseball, and so uh, he loves it. It was hot. Uh, probably the hottest experience I've coached on the field. It was, oh, just it was wait. miserable. It's going to be hot this weekend or oh, next week. Yeah. It's gonna always It's always <laughs> hot. So. But the kid well, loved, the kid how do you do? This. Oh, they uh, they did th- went three and one in pool play, okay, uh, and then went one and two in bracket play. All right, so they did okay. I mean, they were in one of the top, you know, higher brackets with some four and O teams. Um, 
So they split it up after you play your your first games. And so if you lose all of them, you're down there with the other teams. And so you can still, quote-unquote, win the World Series, but you're not playing against the prime competition. Now, now you are a baseball guy. Absolutely. You have an older child who's a daughter. Yep. If you'd have had another girl, would you have kept going and we got to have a boy in this? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> my daughter is not sports inclined. No, she's and dan- my, you know, she's a dancer, sure. so she's not one with softball. Um, unfortunately, it, it, that wasn't the in the cards for me to have another one. So, you know, we were we were stuck with two, no matter what happened. <laughs> we were stuck with two. <laughs> <laughs> we were nice. we, we were not having another child. So I, I was very fortunate, very lucky to have a son who. Like, I didn't even start him when he could have started, you know, four or five. We yeah. started him late just so that he could choose what he right. wanted to do. And he's inclined to baseball. Ooh, he and loves it. Makes me happy. So, yeah, he's crazy about uh, it. Absolutely. Your wife posts amazing photos or whoever's taking them. Yeah, we are. We're very lucky to have a parent who really who takes photos and he it's just one of his hobbies and he's really good at it. And uh, he gets some really great action shots of Blaine. How, and do, you all the select, how do you select the ones you want to keep? Like you're getting so many, you're posting them all over the place. How do you keep the ones you want to print? So what he he puts it out into a big photo album, right. and so Katie picks all of them. Right, and so <laughs> picks all. Of them. Yeah, she really does all the ones of Blaine. She she keeps them, downloads them all, and then she's gonna make him a book for like we we play with this team this year, and so if you know we'll play with this team next year, and yeah. so so on and so forth. Right. Your eight year old year, your nine year old year, oh, so nice. on and so forth. Yeah, so and he loves watching them too. He critiques himself sometimes too, you know, on oh, fielding gosh. ground balls, hitting balls, and stuff like that. So you know, it, and what, you said eight under, right? So he's mm-hmm. eight years old, yep. seven years old, eight. He's eight. Yep. He's very um, self-aware early about how he performs on the field. Yeah. Are you happy? He's self-aware. He's taking it that seriously that early. Yeah, because. I don't have to get on him. There's other parents that, you know, they're riding their kid and you can just tell their kid's done. Right. And, you know, like one of my mentors told me, he said, you just need to be the dad that asks what you want to drink. Sure. What kind of Gatorade you yeah. want. And so. And, and are I, you that dad? Uh, I'm trying to be there. <laughs> uh, I'm very, you know, vocal. I'm intense. I'm intense <laughs> but, you know, he plays better when I just yeah. just chill out. You know, when he's in the field is is where I get the most intense because, you know, it's the hardest. It's where the most mistakes get made. Sure. So I just sit in the dugout. I literally now just sit in the dugout yeah. and just let him play. There you go. So, How hard is that for dad? Now? Yeah. Not hard. Not hard now. Once I started, once I started, <laughs> we're good. Taking that away was hard, but now I just sit in the dugout and chill. Nice. Yep. Speaking of pool play, the uh, Pleasant Grove Hawks were in the uh, seven-on-seven tournament. Unfortunately, they uh, did not get through or uh, Lorena. Lorena beat them uh, 27-20, I believe, to move on to the uh, uh, state semifinals in their pool or their bracket that they're in. But a uh, run to the Elite Eight nonetheless for the Hawks, and uh, now they get ready to get linemen back in camp. And, uh, you know, we talked to Jerry Stanford a couple weeks ago and asked him about what do you think about 7-on-7, seven seven? and he was like, I hate it. I don't like it. I want all my guys doing all their stuff together. I don't want to do – I, I get when you're trying to develop a passing game, you're trying to develop some extra throws between quarterbacks and skill position guys. It makes a lot of sense. But I also get Jerry's perspective of I, we run the football, we don't just throw the football, and I want them doing what we do together. Right, but if you don't have an experienced quarterback, 
it's, no, it's good. It's good to have oh, that, sure. those extra those extra snaps, and you know it's you know good for the running the route tree, and making you sure bet. everything's good. So, you know, there's their pluses and the minuses there, and it, it bodes well for PG that you know they they move so far through. It's probably have a good season. I think the you know I was looking at the other day uh, Greg Tepper from uh, Dave Campbell's, which by the way is already out this week. If oh, you wow. if you've uh, checked your mailbox that you should be getting your dave campbell texas football magazine in the box here this week if not they'll have it at you know walmart here in the next couple of days if it's not out already uh which seems a little earlier than normal and usually yeah, it's july, july. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's starting to hit the uh, mailboxes already but uh tepper was posting a thing the other day about um success at seven on seven and how it translates to 11 on 11 in the fall and I think PG is the only team that has won a state championship and may have also won a seven-on-seven championship. Their 2019 year, I think, they won the state championship and won the seven-on-seven, if I'm remembering the, the article right. So he did say that most of the schools that compete on seven-and-seven and play into the championship or the semifinals, whatever it is, are playoff-bound teams in the fall when they get 11-on-11 together. Oh, yeah. I mean, that just makes sense. Your quarterback and your wide receivers are on the same page now in end of June, beginning of July. You know, where are they going to be in September, August, September? I, I'd have never believed when you put in a wing T offense, you'd be a 7-on-7 seven seven yeah. dynamo, oh, I, which is what they were during the Harmon years. But when you have that quarterback, yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. Oh, and, and they've got one now. We'll see yeah, what, exactly. uh, what they've got now coming back from injuries and all. But uh, anyway, they, uh, they made it that far, so congratulations to them. I know... Uh, Dangerfield, I don't think made it out into the uh, Elite Eight. Longview, I think, is still playing. Those are the three East Texas schools that were still, or Northeast Texas schools, that were in the uh, seven-on-seven tournament. And um, to Longview for a second, because you mentioned it coming in here a few minutes ago. Uh, yesterday, we talked a little bit about Arch Manning and moving on to uh, a verbal commitment to the University of Texas. Doesn't mean anything till it's on paper, but nonetheless... Uh, Jalen Hale from Longview has bounced around at a couple of different spots where Arch has been, I think, including uh, either Alabama or Georgia. They visited together. But you said coming in that Hale's got another visit on the schedule. Yeah, it was posted on Instagram. He's going to USC uh, to visit uh, Lincoln Riley down there. So, And his teammate, uh, Taylor Tatum's already gotten an offer from USC, the running back, who will be a junior this coming year. With Yep. I mean, he's. we knew Riley was going to do well in California, but because he can still recruit in Texas. Yeah. And um, he's going to try to build that empire out there, and I think he's going to be successful. We were talking the other day. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're in here today because we were having this conversation about if indeed this NCAA playoff becomes a 12-team reality and if five end up in the SEC, which is kind of what you think, and one goes to Notre Dame, there's six then you've got six spots potentially left. Okay. Which means you're going to give at least one to each of the other four power conferences. So now I'm up to 10 teams. Tony is making the argument that it's going to be a win for the Big Ten and the ACC because those two would each get two teams in. The Big 12 minus Texas and Oklahoma probably will only get one. I'm arguing, however... Why isn't it a win for the, the Pac-10, Pac-12? Why isn't it a win for them? With Lincoln Riley at USC and with what we've seen from Oregon, would those two programs not be able to be on a competitive level to get the second of 
the potential spots that are sitting there as opposed to ACC schools? You know, it's got to be the right year. You know, I grew up in California and, you know, it was Pac-12, Pac-12. Then I moved to, you know, here and the SEC just blew me away. Yeah. And so the the Pac-12 never performs in the in the playoff. So well, here's it, the Big Ten. Yeah. Well, okay, but every year it's a blowout. And to be honest with you, neither does the the Big Twelve. No, but the Big Ten, you know, you get a you get a team that goes to the championship. I think Oregon was the only one that went in the playoffs. The Michael James year, right. I think that was when they lost to Auburn. But you know, I mean, they get blown out in the first game, and you know, it's just it's a mess. So, but isn't US my my point is USC, USC? You would think I'm thinking would be the school that would be the most likely to get a second spot Here, they in Oregon. Here's the problem. All right. USC and Notre Dame play each other every year. Okay. So they're you know, if one if both of them are amazing, Notre Dame's getting close in game. either way. I don't know, not every year. I don't every think. year. I don't think so. Every year. I Notre Dame's so. getting in every year. I don't year. think Notre Dame's getting in every year. You're telling me they get eight wins, they're getting in? Every year. No way. With the schedule they typically have, they're getting in every year. They're not going to no win eight games. I'll win no more way. than eight. If they if they do this playoff expansion, you you force the hand of them and make them join a conference. You want in? You got to join. We're only taking teams that are affiliated. Yeah, I don't know. NBC's got a lot of money tied up, and I don't think you want to just cut Notre Dame out of this. But uh, NBC can have a big contract with anybody else too. Well, the other conferences seem to be spoken for. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But anyway, you don't think Pac-12 would get a second oh. spot. It, I mean, so you're agreeing with Tony. I agree with Tony. No, oh, I hate to hear that. I'm sorry, but you know, in a, <laughs> I'm not going to say every year those conferences are going to get Pac-12 may in a random year get right. two, but you know, it's just we've seen Arizona and Arizona State were up, they're down. Bad. Oregon State down. Utah's Bad. come up, but Washington's down. UCLA with Chip Kelly's been meh. You know, so all these schools, Stanford, Stanford just been they're they're decent, but they don't ever have that big you know they'll have that one year one year so you'll have that one special year where you might have two but i feel like usc unfortunately because i'm not a usc fan is going to be there year in and yeah, year out and it's going to be too. everybody else yeah it's going to be there at the top and everybody else and i think that's one of the reasons why lincoln Riley took that job yeah well, it makes because sense. he can win every year yes. and then you you're going to have to play the big dogs but you're in the playoff every year every year every year and you're recruiting california and you're recruiting texas you don't well, you're lose texas, texas and, too but you're, you're, you're recruiting you're, california Cal- of course oklahoma was struggling to recruit California. Correct. They're going to and they'll live in but that's a national brand. All of those are national brands. But just like Notre Dame, NIO money comes everywhere, but private schools you know, you don't you don't even we don't even really know what he's making in salary because he's making whatever they're officially putting on the books, but that doesn't mean whatever else he's getting. That was the we same. We don't need to know. He's making plenty. <laughs> yeah. You're not worried about him, are you? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's 14 and a half after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Andrew Monaco is going to join us at 5.30, voice of the Aggies. We got another segment. NBA draft was last night. Did anybody watch it? Nope. Did anybody care? Maybe. Are any of those guys going to play? <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come right back. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Dodger Danny Williams, here on the fan, 107.9. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? 
might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Pinnacle Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Ultra Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Prepare for the future and reach your full potential at Liberty Ilo ISD. At Liberty Ilo, our educators will assist your child to become a college graduate and or career ready. We believe a safe and secure environment provides the peace of mind necessary for the pursuit of excellence. Our school environment gives our students and staff the freedom to pursue and achieve the highest levels of performance. As we say at Liberty Ilo, leopard pride never dies. Nineteen minutes after five o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Dodger Danny Williams in here this afternoon. Friday version of the big show. Andrew Monaco, the uh, voice of the Aggies, coming up in about 10, 11 minutes. Uh, 903-735-9905 is the uh, Sonic Hotline as we come at you live from the Michelob Ultra Fan Cave. I'm 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 donning the Bandits shirt again today. Trying to give one more little oomph, little push. To John Cooper and the gang of Lightning. See if they can't uh, survive Colorado tonight and go back home to Tampa for game six. They're down three games to one now. That place, I mean, if you've watched any of these games, the Avalanche, when they're rocking. You know, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. Denver's kind of had a drought. You know, it's been 20 years since the Avalanche has won. Yep. Uh, Denver football and the Broncos haven't been great. And won, uh, and won a Super Bowl. Since Manning. Yep. Um, the Rockies are the Rockies. You know, it's they're a they're a, and then um, the Nuggets. You know, they haven't done anything. But for a city to have the Big Four and have had a drought this long, um, they want it. You know, and they play that Blink One Eighty Two song in there, uh, and it's rocking. and yes. it's it's really cool. Really I'll tell cool. you what, cities that get into the hockey playoffs just become crazy. Nashville a few years ago, we saw it. Vegas, we saw it. Their inaugural year went all the way to the finals. We're seeing it in Denver now. It's amazing. Some of these cities that have not had great athletic success embrace these hockey teams. And you'll notice Memphis, excuse me, Nashville, Vegas, Denver, and Denver's a little bit of an anomaly here. They're not northern, cold weather, all year long hockey towns you would think of. They're not in Canada. They're not, in, you know, the original six. And let me tell you, you think it's crazy watching it on TV? I went to a Vegas Knights game. Oh. It is insane. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, 90 to nothing the whole time. Nobody's sitting down. It was awesome. Yeah. Was, so cool. Those communities have embraced hockey, I think, more than the NHL ever thought. When they began expansion, went back, I, you know, started in the 70s. They went to places like Atlanta and kind of scuttled around in Atlanta for a little bit. But they found some of these marketplaces. And I, I'm not a huge – the Avalanche were what, the Nordiques, I think, is yes. before they moved over? Yes. They were in Quebec? Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but – I. But it's just like the. I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate a, a fan base that gets behind a thing. Like yeah, this. and it's just like the MLS. You find a fan base oh. that gets rabid about it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a massively big city. You know, like you know Portland. I mean, you you don't you only have one team there basketball wise. You get them a soccer t- team, and now they're a soccer town. Yeah. You know, it's it's insane. You know, and that's what Dallas is doing. Houston's trying to do the same thing. You know, LA has two teams. Miami has a team now. I mean, it's you know. 
soccer's getting bigger in the United States, but you know, hockey is amazing, especially playoff hockey. It's it is. unreal. I won't watch a minute of hockey. Agreed. I won't not watch a minute of hockey until we usually get a few rounds deep in the playoffs. Oh, I'll start right when they start. I'll watch. Yeah, man. But yes. I love a game seven, and we don't have that tonight. Tonight's just a game five. Um, I love a game seven. The emotion's amazing. On it's it's the one sport, the one sport where one mistake, one penalty, can potentially cost you. Man, that cost the Lightning. The yep. Lightning had a couple. That Lightning were dominating the Avalanche the other night and made a couple of mistakes. And once they got into their special teams, once they got into power play. Tampa had nothing. Colorado, they had the best. You know, Den, the, the, the Avalanche are the best team in the playoffs this year, and they're going against the best goalie in the playoffs this year. But you can only ask a goalie to do so much. No, and when you're talking about best team, best goalie, yeah. I mean, best team's going to win. Look, I mean, the one, norm, the one game they scored seven goals. Yeah. It should have been like twelve because oh, he I made know. some unreal no, I stops. I mean, you know, by by the time he's just looking like lost because nothing he can do. You wonder at the end of this. If this starts to become the place where now Tampa tries to get younger. And they've run through this. This has been three years in a row getting to the finals. This team's getting a little bit long in tooth. Some of these guys are getting a little bit up there. I mean, Pat Maroon is hanging on with contracts. He's getting million-dollar contracts. And this is the third, second or third one he's getting out of Tampa mm-hmm. after he won a championship in St. Louis. And you just start to wonder, is, is it time to hit reset with some of these guys and go a little bit younger? But it's been a great run. I just think they lose it tonight. I think the Avalanche finish them off tonight and make it a 4-1 thing and we put hockey to bed. Yeah, I don't think the Avalanche want to go back to Tampa. Because no. if they go back to Tampa, then there's that big chance, still a very big chance of having to have a Game 7. And you don't want a Game 7 if you're the Avalanche. You want to put this away tonight yeah. at home, on your home ice, and just call it good. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I, I think that the chi- you don't want the champ getting up off the mat. Nope. I'm thinking there's a chance. No, they're down stomp on them. Yeah, Colorado looked bad for two periods and looked really good in the third in overtime the other night. I think they take that little oomph and carry it home tonight. But either way, NBA draft last last night. you watch any of it? Not one minute. (laughs) I I checked on Twitter, and they said Smith was going to be the first pick. Yeah, that went wrong. And then I looked again, and it was not. And I was like, whoa. And so, you know, Holmgren was always going number two. And then, you know, I I thought it was – funny that um, our Arkansas Razorback Jalen Williams got picked 31, 31, 32 but then they also picked a guy Jalen Williams at 5 you know so the Oklahoma City Thunder picked the same guy twice you know it's like that uh, Spider-Man cartoon where they're looking at each other like there's two Uh, of us but uh, yeah I mean Oklahoma Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder had a lot of picks and they they picked a lot of guys so interesting. I'm not convinced rookies in the NBA are going to turn a franchise around there's a couple of there's a couple of teams houston's one and oklahoma city's another one and down the road it'll be the knicks that are stockpiling draft choices that are throwing a ton of young guys out there i you know the knicks made headlines all over the place yesterday they, they traded kemba walker and then they moved a bunch of early draft choices and came out of yesterday with almost nothing for this year, they got picks down the road. They got some twenty twenty. I think their their GM said we have like eleven picks over the next seven years in the first round of the draft. Well, that's a long lookout. Is seven years Especially in the in future? Yeah, and and as a GM, <laughs> as a general manager, am I really looking out? I'm I'm trading away. 
Because this is a city and a team a year or so ago, the Knicks, that had some momentum it looked like, that were actually moving in the direction of, all right, well, they're a piece or two away. They got a lot of good things going. But they never really signed anybody, and the guys that had really good career years a year ago did not have them this year. And so now you're to that place of, okay, well, I guess we're going to go young. But then you didn't go young at all. You traded away all the draft picks. You, you you seized a bunch for the future. You traded away this year. And I think now it's a matter of, do they open up the checkbook enough to sign free agents to make the Knicks relevant again this year? Or are you telling Knicks fans, well, just bear with us for the next seven years because we're going to have a bunch of draft choices. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. I mean, the, but they got to get a big guy to come there. They got to get a superstar to sign. They haven't had Pick a, one. Yeah, but they try every time and they don't choose New York. It's Which like is that, crazy. But the luster's worn off. They know that it's like playing for the Yankees, playing for the Knicks, playing for the Mets. Is you're under that scrutiny all the time, you know, and and that's hard to do. Playing at the Garden, yeah, but they like to go into the Garden and shove it up the Knicks' rear. Oh, you know? is there a better? I mean, no offense to any other place, but when Madison Square Garden's got it right, is there any place better? Uh, I wouldn't think so. No, I just can't imagine. You can't get free agent talent and not old guys. And not fringe guys. I mean, studs. We're talking about can you not find the best players in the NBA and lure them with New York money and New York exposure to – I mean, everything. It's the, it's the concern we've always talked about with Dallas. It seems like a good destination place, but then for NBA players, it's not. Cuban looks like a really good owner, and he is, but Dallas has never been a destination place for NBA free agents to want to come. How do they not go to New York? I don't know. That's it's a good question. I mean, but every t- the last four or five off seasons when they've had a chance to lure a big guy in, they've passed. You know, and so and it's not. I would have imagined the Knicks aren't letting these guys just walk. You know, they're giving them a you know a, a nice portfolio of you know here's your max deal, here's this, here's this, and the guys just don't choose New York for some reason. Crazy. It's not a well run organization either. They may hurt the Mavericks though. Jalen Brunson's apparently a guy on their radar. Dallas is trying desperately to sign him, and that may come this weekend, you would hope. Yeah. But the Knicks are now they, – they basically have said, we freed up money. We've got money freed up. Now we're going to dive in, and I'm sure they're targeting, and Jalen Brunson's name has been on the list of who New York's targeting as a potential free agent. That'll be location, location, location for that one because I don't think – if you're already at a place where you're going to make more money on a max deal because of taxes and yeah. everything else, you leave, especially with who you have playing with you. You know, Luca there. Yeah. You know, you have a superstar there, all-NBA player. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to take a break. Music in my ear. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. we got to pick up the phone and call Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies, joining us next. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. What makes essential workers essential? We build safe roads for you to drive on. We harvest fresh produce for your families to eat. Help you heal when you're sick. We get you where you need to go. We keep where you work and live clean and safe. We make sure you get what you need to make your household work. You're the essential workers who help our nation run. 
You're in every city, town, and corner of our country, and you come from all over the globe, and you have essential protections under the law. I'm Marty Walsh. The Wage and Hour Division at the Department of Labor helps ensure you receive the essential protections you deserve. If you have questions about your pay or about your job protection during an illness, visit our website or call 866-4US-WAGE. That's 866-487-9243. We can provide help in more than 200 languages. Brought to you by the United States Department of Labor. Well, I'm going to have to apologize. I'm not sure exactly what our uh, phone issues are, but we got them. So uh, rather than keep messing with that, I've called him back. He could hear me. We can't hear him, so we'll just figure it out next week. And we will try one day next week to get Andrew back on with us, and we'll talk about the Aggies experience. Of course, the uh, championship series actually uh, starts tomorrow. Mississippi and Oklahoma in the finals after the uh, Rebels knocked out Arkansas yesterday. You know, gut punch loss, I thought, for Arkansas yesterday. You know, they were excited to have their ace going, but Ole Miss's ace was an ace. I mean, he could. They well, could so not was buy Nolan. Oh, yeah. Connor I mean, Nolan threw great. Oh, yeah. Both guys threw great. Yeah. It's just they couldn't buy a hit. I mean, and being able to pitch the way he did, he was pitching a contact, yeah. and they were just grounding out, flying out. I mean, it was great to see him get the win the night before, come back, and you're like, oh, we got the momentum now, and right. it just they fell flat just because that pitcher just mowed him down. You know, I was I was listening to one of the, uh, the color commentators for the Razorbacks, and he had talked about the fact that Arkansas was really a dead red-hitting team. Like, if we get a fastball pitcher, that's usually their guy. If they get a junk ball pitcher that's against them, they struggle making contact with that guy – I mean, they'll make contact, but they can't get any good aluminum on or whatever the composite is now right. on the ball to actually be able to make anything happen offensively. And uh, and Deluccia just – they were off balance all, oh, night, yeah, he picked all day apart. yesterday. Picked them apart. I, all the at-bats that I saw, and I didn't see all of them, but all the at-bats I saw, there was not a hardball hit. No. Not at all. And, you know, it, we joke about this. Baseball's a really simple game, <laughs> but it's not. Right. It, it's a simple game, and it starts with if the guy on the hills throwing strikes, usually things go pretty well. And and Delucci got ahead in the count on almost every single Razorback hitter. The, the amount that I got a chance to watch and listen to, I, I think there was one, one batter I think that he got behind on a two-one count to, and that he hadn't at least had an one a 1-1, one, one, a 1-2. One, there was one batter you got a 2-1 count to. When you're dealing with it's the pitcher's pitch and not yours, you don't have a chance. But even then, the couple that I saw too, 2-1, two, he goes yeah. right back to a curveball. Right. So it's not, it's still his pitch. Yeah. Because if, if you get a 2-1 curveball, I mean, even if you know it's coming, it's still hard to hit, especially when it's put right where it's supposed to be. And you say even when you know it's coming. As a baseball guy, you can think in your head curveball, but in the back of your mind, 2-1, you're still thinking – Fastball. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling myself it's a curve. I'm laying on the curve, but in the back of my mind, if I'm going to look stupid, he blows a fastball by me at 2-1, why and, am I taking that pitch? And I know this sounds odd, but 92 for an SEC player is not that fast. No. So you can think 
that you know he's not going to throw it by you, but because he throws that curveball, ninety two looks like ninety seven. Yep. I mean because it's boom, boom, and then boom, and so uh, he just he mixes pitches up well, and I mean he was just chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. More and more, I'm hearing pitchers that really give batters a, a hard time have a changeup. Hardest pitch to hit in baseball, and that's been Michael Walker's yes. secret for, and it's, it's not a secret, but ever since he got to A and M, really. It was the ability to have a changeup, and in the major leagues, it's the ability to have a changeup, and it does just that. It changes up the the pattern and the routine and the rhythm in a batter's head. And it's the spin. I mean, when you're up there hitting, you can see the spin of a curveball slider. Right. You can pick it up a lot easier than a changeup. If somebody throws a changeup, it's almost impossible. Yeah. It's it's because the spin is almost the same, right? You know, I mean, if you have a guy that throws a hard sinker, with, which sinks at the very end, that's almost the equivalent to a changeup because you think it's going to be belt high and then it's at your shins. Well, you're under it or over it every time, you know. So that changeup and the hard sinker are the two hardest pitches in baseball. To and hit. if you strike out on a changeup, <laughs> the next time up, what's in your head the next time coming up? That you're looking change up. I mean, and then the fastball again looks like it's 100 miles an hour. That's right. So, I mean, that's the hardest. It's the game that is the cat and mouse game you play when you're hitting because you can go up there and look foolish. I played with guys that look curveball. Right. They they just sat on curveball because they knew they were going to get in in at bat, they're going to get a curveball. And if they got a fastball, they would just dink it away, and then the guy would come with a curveball and they would smoke it. Right. But those guys are few and far between. You know, you have to you have to sit fastball like a Jim Edmonds guy. He guessed every pitch. He watched pitchers and watched pitchers and watched pitchers. He guessed every pitch, and he did really good at guessing. I mean, he was an all star. He you know hit lots of home runs. But again, it's it's about eye recognition of the spin. When you were playing, were you were you ever studying it enough where you're watching a pattern? Like this guy is first pitch you don't know but he gets behind 01 or ahead 01 he's throwing this if he gets behind 20 he's throwing this i mean did you got your had you studied it enough with each guy on the mound that you're playing to know in my head i think this is what he's coming with that's his pattern the biggest way to learn in baseball is when you're in the dugout you got to watch obviously on deck you're ti- you're getting your timing right. but when you're you know five hole you got to watch what he's doing. Fastball, change, curve. Okay, you know a lot of pitchers don't want to show their third pitch the first time through the lineup. Right, they want to have right. something to hold back. But you know you watch him, and especially if it's a team in conference or it's a guy you play every year. You know, for me, I played two years against the same guys at two different places, and so you're seeing them for four times. The fourth time, it's a heck of a lot easier because you're picking up their pattern and you know what they have. You know their ball is going to move six inches. You didn't the first time, and you got jammed or you got it off the end. Right. You know, so yeah, you have to. I mean, I wasn't in the age of where everything was filmed now i would love that because every single game every single college every single level there's film there's somebody that's got a you know a gopro and you can watch and even with a gopro it's hard but you can still see fastball curveball change you can watch and that's going to give any kind of advantage you can get as a hitter from a guy throwing you know 95 miles an hour at you from 60 feet away i mean is is good to have well you say all that and yet both pitchers last night really dominated hitters that they saw plenty this year. I mean, they're, they're conference rivals. The, but they only all, saw them once. Yeah, but over the last four years or three years, they've seen these guys. But guys get in college, guys get better. And at that level, they get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Because they go from, I can throw 95, but I don't know where I can put it as a freshman, to as a senior, I'm throwing 95 with pinpoint accuracy. These are the those guys are going to get drafted. Those guys are big That's league true. ball players. I mean, they're very good. We were talking about Braylon Bishop yesterday. 
the uh, the kid from Arkansas High got drafted by Pittsburgh. He really scared away most of the major league franchises because he had said, I'm going to Arkansas, and was ready to go, and gets drafted late, and we talked about it yesterday and talked about it back in, in a year ago. The Pirates managed to maneuver money and be able to pay him in the slot that they drafted him more than any other franchise would have been able to. They saved some money on the front end with some of the early draft choices and had money on the back end and gave a guy, I think Bishop was a 14th round draft choice, and gave him big enough money that he said, thanks, Arkansas, I'm going to start my major league career. Now, I know you weren't good enough to be able to make that decision. No. But given those two options, at 19 or 18 years old, and I don't know if the weight of the Razorbacks program makes this any different than any other program, but you got a chance in your state to go to a top five baseball program in the country at college, or I can go play and start my professional career, and I'm going to get a check, and I'm going to play Goddard Florida Coast League right now for Braylon, maybe a rookie league in another couple of months. What do you do? It's all about the money. That's it. It's all about the money. It depends. It's you have to have a number in your head on whether you, where you're going to go because you're one injury away from never playing baseball sure. again, and that money's gone, just right. like in any other sport. That's right. So would I give up? Now again, I was not good enough to play pro ball, but would I give up those four years that I played in college baseball? Absolutely not. It was a great four years, you know. But the money is there, and it's a significant amount of money. You take it because they also included in that is money to go to school. They add that in. That's right. part of the signing bonus. Now you don't get to play for that school. Right. You know, you're 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 signing away that. But I mean, it's hard because you can say on one hand, "Oh, I can go to Arkansas. We're going to go to a college World Series." What happens if they don't go the four years you're there or the three years you're there? Now I just delayed my money making ability for three years. And what happens if did I, you ever go to a college World Series? Did I ever? Yeah. go? I went to a junior college World Series. So you went to one. To one, yes. If you hadn't gone to one, would it have diminished your experience? Uh, no. Okay. But I also wasn't Braylon Bishop. I wasn't a top-tier guy. Well, no, a t- I but it. a top-tier guy, if you have the money sitting there and you pass on it. I knew somebody who was a third-round dr- or third pick overall. Really? For the Rockets. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And he, he didn't take the money. He wanted more. He blew his arm out six months later. That's the end of that. Never, and he had nothing. He was, he was dirt poor. Right. And so he didn't get anything. Who he got gave him that advice? I'm third pick in the draft, and I'm not going because the money's not right? Yep, an agent got in his head. And it wasn't one of the big ones. Everybody was like, what are you doing? Because it was like three what million. Do you th- was it going to go back in the next year? Yeah. He's going to go back. I thought well, he was going to get more money. Well, just like the guy from Vanderbilt this last year, you yeah. know, he didn't sign with the Mets. I think the Mets drafted him, and you know, he didn't sign, and he's been playing independent ball. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, with with him, but I mean, again, you're one injury away. If the money is there, you got to take it. And I mean, if it's a half a million or more, you got to take it. Speaking of money, Aaron Judge got his today. Yeah, the Yankees. Oh, it's so silly. <laughs> Silly. Now, before we do anything else, remember this is Dodger Danny talking. So we we're gonna get the bias against the no, Yankees. To no, not, not against the Yankees. I think it's hilarious because Judge won a twenty-one. Right. They offered seventeen. Right. Well, he's having this monstrosity of a year. MVP. He's MVP. Yeah. I mean, unless he gets hurt or something crazy happens, he's gonna be MVP. Yep. He's laughing because he's gonna sign a three hundred and four hundred million dollar contract, and the Yankees go, "Okay, we'll just meet in the middle." Before, why didn't you do that before? Why didn't you just give the guy the money? 
Like, I, it doesn't make sense. They didn't want to upset him because if, if you know anything about arbitration, you got to go. It's a court setting. It's ugly. And you go in there and you sell the reasons why this guy shouldn't get this money. Right. And it's bad. Yeah. You're like, and then, then they got to go work for you the next day yeah. or the same night. They're tearing apart your every at bat that you failed on. Yes. Like we had bases loaded in the seventh against the Orioles and struck out. Okay, and then his agent says, "Well, but my guy also right. did this and hit the game-winning blah blah blah, and and that's why we should." And you're trying to convince a panel or a singular judge which guy is more close to what his value is, seventeen or twenty-one. And typically, this happens before the season, but because of the lockout, they're doing it in the middle of the season, which is stupid. Which is stupid. But the Yankees, I just thought it was silly, man. I like what's the difference really in two million and four million? I mean, I know you don't want to have the player look right, and, but you also don't want to piss the player off. But night, you know, going in the middle, I mean, they're they're gonna eat it because they're gonna have to pay him a heck of a lot more than uh, they offered him, a and, heck of a lot more. Well, and because himself well sure he did and he's gonna have an mvp year absolutely and as you said it's his, his free agent year is coming up now they're gonna have to i mean he can't he can't walk you can't let him go anywhere and nobody's gonna outbid them nobody's gonna outbid him and he's also his defense isn't great but because yeah, right so field what? is short <laughs> yeah, right. in a yankee stadium he's a great right fielder for yeah. yankee stadium so it's like a built-in perfect thing yes. he's, he's the dh he's he's still gonna hit you know, but you know they were worried giving him John Carlos Stanton money, and he has not performed the way that you know he signed that contract with Miami that you know they picked up, and so they were leery. But I love it. I love when a player just shoves it in the in the franchise's face. I, for the life of me, can't understand how they even got to today. And 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 I think the Yankees agreed today. We'll just we'll split the difference. We'll right. give you the seventeen. Are you happy with that? We'll move 19. on. Or nineteen, 19 rather. Yeah. We'll move on. So they never even got into the arbitration no. hearing. They room never today. made it there. No. But it, it 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 lends itself to the question: Why didn't they just do this already? Yeah. Why'd they wait till Friday of the arbitration hearing to come back and say, "Well, we'll give you two million more." I it it I can see it from the Royals. Yep. All right. I mean, I, and I, no slam to Kansas City. I, I can see it from a poor middle American market team, not named the Cubs or the Cardinals. Right. The, the Twins, the Brewers, the Tigers, the Royals. I get it from those guys. They don't have the money. $2 million is a lot. It is maybe somebody else on the roster that you're going to have to be able to throw some money to to be able to. But I don't get it from the Yankees. I, it makes zero sense why you would lowball a guy who's been the face of this franchise since he set foot on the field, who's probably going to be there for the next day, probably will retire a Yankee if New York does this right, and may be able to put himself in that pantheon of great Yankee players of all time. Absolutely. And that's asking an awful lot for a young guy. But he's got the potential to be one of those guys. And you're going to lowball him? <laughs> In the, in the middle of a year, I think where both sides were butthurt about uh, the, you know, because they were close or they weren't close. I mean, both sides, but the Yankees want to don't want to upset him before they have to because somebody else is going to offer him another contract. Now the Yankees are going to be able to offer him more, but somebody else is going to offer him money, and he can go. Well, you know what? The way you did me, bah. You know, and they don't want to do that, so that's why they met in the middle. But judges just. They asked him about it last night, and he just said, we'll see when we get there. Like, he knew that this was probably going to go down this way, but I think he's just laughing all the way to the bank, and, yeah. I, and I love it. I think the book's 49. It's about the 49 season. Yankees and Red Sox making the run all the way to get to the pennant, and it came down to the very final day, and 
that's Ted Williams for Boston and 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 young well it's, it's an aging DiMaggio it's really DiMaggio's last year of being a, a you know pretty good player had foot problems and all that but there's a pretty good chapter dedicated I can't remember the guy's name and it'll have to it'll pop in my head later the GM of the Yankees during those years really was tasked with keeping salary at a level that's manageable and it came out later on and this is what really irked a lot of the players was the reality that every dime that he saved that he didn't give to a player for a salary increase and now remember we're talking about you know hundred thousand right. dollars and course. less of course 49 whatever he didn't pay to players he got the percentage of the money he didn't pay them so if you walked in and said man yeah, I've been a pretty good second baseman here I, I, I want 50 grand. And he says, I'm not giving you 50 grand. I'll give you 40. Whatever the club saved 10 grand, he got like 40% of that. So he just made $4,000 by stiffing a player out of 10. Right. Which divide. But but his thought was, as soon as they get their money, they're useless. They're going to be fat and happy. And again, we're not talking about 17 million. We're talking about 17,000. But as soon as I pay them, they're useless and we're not going to be motivated to be as good as we should be. I want them pissed off at me and trying to get more money out of us next year. It'll make them better players. And I agree. We've seen that. We've seen classic examples of players getting paid and then they just don't do squat. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, or they'll have. And it, it, it's unreal in baseball how many guys have a prove-it year and they go off. Oh, yeah. And that and. And it's, you know, the attention to detail and everything. But then once they get their money, it's guaranteed. They can't take that money from them. Nope. All they have to do is walk out on the field. Yep. That's it. And they get their money. You know, in the steroid era, I'm going to juice myself up yeah. until I get my big contract. Yes. And I'm going to not do it anymore. I'm going to lose 40 pounds. And the team's going to go, what just happened? Uh, I, I don't know. I had a great year. I had a great year. You I'm, paid I, can't, me. I can't do it this year. Yeah. I'm off. Something's off. Yeah. It's it's insane. Have a check. But the having the having you be mad at the club is awesome until free agency happened, yeah. and then you had you lost all that. You lost the leverage. Yeah, you lost all that power. All right, we're out of time. It's Danny Williams. Appreciate you hopping in here today. I yes, apologize sir. about Andrew Monaco. We'll figure out what the phone situation was. We'll get him on next week. You guys have a great weekend. We'll holler at you again Monday. Tony Kirk will be back in Monday as well for Kirk and Company. So we'll see you then.